And we are back for another episode, the final episode, the grand final edition episode of the Ads and Dunks podcast, <laughs> as always, brought to you by the Oz American Aces. My name's Adzi, and most importantly, the grand finalist on the other end, my best mate, Joshy Dunkley. How are you going, mate? I'm good. Thanks, mate. I'm pretty excited about what's to come over the next few days, but uh, yeah, looking forward to this podcast, mate. It's something that I love doing each week. Me too, mate. Can you believe it's the grand final podcast as well? We've, uh, I don't know how many we've done exactly. I think Brado said something like 27 maybe, but mate, it felt like yesterday when we did our first one. Yeah, I know. Crazy. And you still can't figure out how to set up your computer, mate. So uh, yeah, we're going well there, but um, nah, it's been good. We've loved every second of it. Um, and yeah, it's nice to be able to get in, get online and still chat to each other, even though we are living apart. So um, it feels weird. It feels very weird that this is grand final week to me. Like it's mm-hmm. not up here in Brisbane, like you just don't, it's not, it's not as publicized, you know, there's obviously more cameras and people at training and stuff, but it's just so weird that it's AFL grand final week. So, um, very excited, mate. Can't wait to get down to Melbourne and and have a crack at it. Yeah. It's, uh, it's polar opposite here, mate. It's nothing. It's, it's only what everyone is talking about. I, I go and get my coffee up the road, little elephant, great cafe for what it's worth. Um, and Herald Sun, the age, it's just spread out, spread out over the news about obviously the grand final. Seen your photo in, in one of them, um, which was pretty funny. But um, does it feel like to you being up in Queensland? Is it similar to when we were in the the COVID? You know that week we had in Perth when we played against yeah. Melbourne in that granny. Is that what it feels like? Yeah, it actually very similar, very similar. I think the only difference is like we can obviously roam around. Remember then we sort of had a couple of restrictions and. The grand final parade and stuff was called off, so that that part of it, like I think later this week, it'll when we get to Melbourne, it'll start to feel real, and um, you know, probably hit us in the face, and you'll sort of get a bit of a shock, but um, that does feel very similar to the Perth build up. Yep, couldn't agree more. Yes, oh, mate. Well, it's exciting. We um, mate, we may as well get straight into it because it's what everyone wants to hear. Um, your week last week, obviously, we spoke about the build-up and um, you know how it was going to be a big game for you. Obviously, on the weekend, all eyes are on the game on Friday, um, which was a beauty. We'll go for that in a little bit, but I feel like we should get through yours, which was, um, you know, obviously, all our fans were watching. Mate, they started unbelievably well. Five goals to nothing in the, in the space of however long it was. I was sitting here with one of my good mates, Peaver, and he'd... Um, he said it's over. He's like, no, nah, the Blues have won. And I was like, mate, they haven't won. Trust me. The Lions <laughs> won't lose at the Gabba. They'll get a bit of a run on. I think Eric Hipwood kicked your – was he – did he kick your first goal? Yeah, he kicked yeah. first goal with like a, a couple of minutes to go. And I felt like in my in my mind, I, I said – and as well, I said to people, I was like, if he kicks this, this is going to be like the kickstart for him. And, and fortunately enough, he did, and you guys were able to, yeah, run away. But what were you thinking, you know, how the game started? What, what was going through your mind? Oh, well, it, it was kind of weird. I mean, we probably, having two weeks off, you, there's so many things you can talk about, but we just weren't quite ready for that intensity. And they'd obviously had a couple of big games over the last two weeks. So they were very match fit and match tuned and ready to go. And um, yeah, we probably didn't get the game on our terms early enough. And uh, the game was just being played in their frantic style and their surge footy and just getting it into their, deep into their forwards. I thought our backs did an amazing job though. Um, Defending, I think it was like twenty five inside fifties in the first quarter. So it was pretty crazy what they uh, even just. We gave up six goals, but they managed to save us a lot of the time. So um, yeah, it was it was a weird one. I personally though, I was out there and I remember chatting to Lockie uh, Lockie Neal 
after they kicked their Harry Mackay or maybe Sam Doherty kicked one. It was like their fifth. And I was like, mate, I feel like we just got to slow it down, just get the game on our terms, start kicking it around, you know, just control the footy a little bit because as soon as we can do that, then we can sort of slow slow it down a bit, slow their tempo down because they want to play this fast, precious like type of game. And um, I feel like that was what they were doing well. So when when uh, Rick kicked that goal, you, you hit the nail on the head. I feel like that really kick-started us and we started having a bit more of a stoppage game, which was good for us. And then went in at quarter time and spoke to the boys and um, I actually brought up just a little one like to say – just around, you know, we've got nothing to lose now. There's no pressure on us. We, we can go out there. We can just play footy and, and have a crack. Like, we could lose this game by 50 points or we can come back and win. And sure enough, I felt like the first five minutes of that second quarter, we were able to get it, get it back on our terms, but play the footy that we wanted to and um, really challenge the Carlton's defense. Yeah, well, everything you just said was absolutely spot on. It's what it looked like once you're able to, um, you know, settle it into a stoppage game. It felt like you guys were able to get on your terms. And, um, as I've spoken about watching from afar throughout the whole year, I feel like if you guys can can turn the ball over in a good spot, you guys are probably the best team in the comp in going, you know, from a back half to forward half and getting really good looks for your forwards, and that's what it looked like. What about the crowd? I mean, watching from home, we, you know, I, I could genuinely, if I had my eyes closed and I was just, you know, listening, I would have felt like it was a Carlton home game. The crowd seemed crazy, crazy considering I've been to a lot of Brisbane games and played in a lot of games up in Brisbane and never have I felt like there's been an opposition crowd that has rivaled Brisbane. It felt like, well, it looked like Carlton had a lot. Do you reckon that, well, firstly, did they? And secondly, do you reckon that's what helped them as well, a little bit kickstart the first quarter? Oh, for sure, mate. I remember running out in the warm-up and we essentially got booed. It sort of gave me flashbacks to when um, 2016 when we went to the Giants' home ground in Sydney and they booed uh, – so they, when they ran out, they got booed by our supporters. Right. So, like, they, mm. the Doggies fans all rocked up. It was kind of like that. Like, we ran out for our warm-up and I was I was actually mic'd up for Channel 7 doing this thing for, with them. And, I know um, you were. And, mate, I was copying it over the fence from the Blue supporters about about you and our, our, our podcast. So I was nearly going to turn around and be like, what, what are you doing, like, during this thing? <laughs> and uh, they were talking to me about Cripper and all this stuff. Like, it was just funny. It was just uh, – yeah, it's an awesome atmosphere, and um, I feel like those games, though, like, yes, it's a home game for us, but you run out there, and I reckon we had the similar feeling when we played in that Perth granny. Like, it doesn't feel like it's the Gabba, or it doesn't feel like it's Optus Stadium. Like, this week won't feel like it's the MCG because it's a grand final, mm. and mm. that finals-like atmosphere is just, it's just a different, feels different, and the ground feels different. It feels a bit closer, you know, there's pressure on. So there's so many different elements to the way that you have to play in a, you know, significant game. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it, as I said, it it looked like that um, when when you first started, the crowd obviously had a big impact and then um, it felt like it kind of wrestled your way in a way um, after you guys started to get a run on and whatnot. Um, what about your own game? What did you, you know, I, I seen, um, I must have been on the Fox footy ratings, they gave you 8 out of 10 and um, one of the highest rated players and, I feel like you started the game off extremely well. I mean, you were probably one of the very few that was, I guess, kind of up to the intensity of the actual contest. It looked like you settled a lot quicker than what the others did. Um, and then obviously it was quite um, publicly spoken. Fakes came out and, and gave you a pump up for your role on Cripper at stoppage. Um, how did you see your own game and what was your mindset going into the game? Was it, you know, um, 
obviously looking after yourself, but you're you've been in this position and you've won a preliminary final. Did you want to take a lot of a, a bit of that responsibility and trying to lead not only the midfielders but the group forward? Yeah, for sure, and that's something that I've probably wanted to do, well, have wanted to do um, since arriving at the footy club is, you know, leaning to the experience that I've had. And um, as you touched on, I've won a couple of prelims before. And uh, so I just wanted to go out there and, and lead by example. And, you know, I had a role on the weekend. My role was pretty much to just go to Cripper at stoppages and try and nullify his influence that he had, you know, throughout the other finals games and felt like I did that. Um, yeah, obviously they started well. So that was a bit of a I don't know, head scratcher in a way, but um, after quarter time, I felt like, yeah, we really all stuck together and played our roles and I, I felt like I performed quite well. Third quarter was a little bit down, but still felt like the pressure and the defensive side of my game was good. So um, flew for a couple of marks. Like, I, yeah, I felt like there was a few things that I did that, you know, I'd been working on that was promising. So it gives me good confidence heading into a, a grand final that I can go again and, and hopefully, um, yeah, play again my role for the team that can help us get up. Did it? Um, give you a greater appreciation for, you know, how good of a season Carlton have had. Well, how good of a back half probably the last 10 games that they've had. And um, do you see them as being like a team, a contending team now for years to come with a group they have? Yeah. I mean, we've talked about the Blues throughout the year and I was chatting to a couple of their boys, Cripper and um, Jacob Weedering and a few others after the game about, mate, it's been inspirational to watch them go about their business, like the way that they've – and if you think right back to the start of when the crowd and that were giving it to them at that game against – I can't remember who it was against, but they were throwing their memberships over the fence, like sticking it right up them. And then for them to be able to turn it around and then make a preliminary final and play the way that they did, like is inspirational. And I I said to them, I said to a few of their their lads that – it's been a pleasure to watch the way that they've turned things around this year. And yeah, I, I genuinely do think they're going to be a contender for quite some time because the list they've got, the players they've got in there already, um, the senior players that are at the helm of you know their leadership and stuff are very good. So uh, I, I personally think they're going to be there again next year and hopefully um, yeah, we can run into them and have another good battle. Yeah, that's great. I, um, I definitely feel like they had a... A lot of love, external love, um, you know, from mutual fans who aren't necessarily Carlton fans for the way that they went about it, which is great to see. Couple more. Um, when did you, when did you realise? Well, when did you think you had a one? Because you can't say right, like the, it, there was, you know, good fifteen minutes in that last quarter where it looked like that the game was over. Yeah, I didn't. I personally didn't really think about it until I reckon we we kicked one. And it put us up by about 24, maybe 25 points. And from that point, I was a bit like, oh, we'd, we'd have to do a lot to lose now. But man, I've been involved in games where, and you, you've been the same, where if you just think about it for like five minutes and then all of a sudden it just goes bang, 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 you just know that that's not the way you can do it. So um, I wanted to get myself involved and really slow it down. So I went into the stoppages and you know, if I got the ball hit to me, I'd try and hold it in and just get another stoppage just to slow it right down and then get a reset. So little things like that. Um, yeah, so I did notice that we were probably getting near the end and I was off. I was on the bench and there was about seven minutes to go when I came back on. So I sort of had a rough idea um, that we were going to win in, in that period of time. So it was pretty special. It's uh, great. What, what was the first emotions that went through your mind? Like what was when the siren went? What was the first thing you thought about? Because I know... Obviously, what it's like to make a granny, and um, it's you know, it's probably the the greatest feeling that you can have, other than actually winning the grand final. Um, 
Mm. What was your first emotions like? Oh, I was very overwhelmed, mate. I couldn't really uh, believe it, to be honest. Like to, for me, you know, firstly coming up here and and joining the footy club, and you know, you, your goal at the start of the year is to make finals, really, and then you know whatever happens from there is that happens, and for us to work our way back into the game like we've spoken about already but to be down by six goals or whatever it was in the first quarter and then come back and win um by three or four or whatever i feel like that's a it's a huge feather in our cap it gives us a lot of confidence i was just proud of the boys mate i was so happy um had my family there and partner and everyone was there so um yeah it was great to celebrate with tips and that all in the rooms and um missed you there this week mate but uh it was a it was a great time and yeah, those those that's what dreams are made of. Those kind of you know environments in the rooms. I feel like that's the that's what you dream of as a kid. You know, making a grand, a grand final, and um, the next step for us is now to obviously to win one together. Oh, it's great! It's great. Got me a little bit emotional there, mate. I wish I was. Uh, I wish I was running out with uh, running out with you a lot of the times when I um you know when I watch from afar. But we're all very proud of you. Um, we'll touch on the granny in a little bit, but I want to just get your thoughts on the other prelim final. Um, you know, obviously, you would have watched it on the Friday, and yeah, I, I, you said you last week watching the semi final, you were ready to run out there and play. I couldn't imagine what it was like for you watching the prelim, considering how good of a game it was. Um, yeah, what was your thoughts? I mean, it was one of the great prelim finals that you're ever going to watch. It was, it was unbelievable, mate. I, I mean, I think I said last week that I thought it was going to be a nail biter, and <laughs> it certainly was. I honestly thought the Giants were going to get over the top in the end because. The way that they were playing and just putting the pies under the pump was pretty good. And similar to the to the Blues, I feel like they've had that run, the Giants, that it's it's been a pleasure to watch. And their footy is really good footy. Their best footy is unbelievable. So I was kind of sitting there like, oh, geez, like what? Who's going to win? What's happening here? Watching a few matchups and seeing how players are playing, and um, it was a yeah, I was an interested onlooker, obviously hoping that we we're going to win the next day and play one of the two sides in the grand final. So, um, yeah, I was a bit – I wouldn't say I was – I thought that the the Pies were home, but I just felt like Collingwood were going to always win. Yeah, I agree. I, I kept thinking, yeah, Collingwood would probably run away with it here. The crowd seemed – sounded unbelievable. Um, but one thing we've learned throughout the final series in Giants, in the history of the Giants, they, they seem to play well um, in hostile environments. But, yeah, I, I – you know, when Toby, I think Toby Green had a shot from the boundary line with four minutes to go when he snapped it oh, and yeah. looked like looked like it was going in and Steelo. Yeah. You know, that's that's something that um experience and leadership is. And most people, I reckon, would have spoiled the ball through the points and just let it, you know, get the ball back. You know, it would have been a draw at that point. But he he would have known. Steelo would have known there was Three and a half to go, whatever it was, taking the mark and then, you know, tried to slow it down and he did. And ultimately, that's what they won by. But yeah, when Toby Green had that shot, I thought, you know, firstly, I thought it was going in. And then secondly, I was like, oh, the ball's going to be hemmed in here and they're just going to keep peppering. Um, one thing that I obviously noticed was I feel like the umpires put the whistle away a little bit. Um, there was a couple controversial free kicks that probably weren't awarded when they would normally be awarded in, in a regular season game. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I was a bit skeptical of, of, of probably a few of them, a lot of them. Um, yeah, and I know there's been a lot of talk about it too. So we 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 probably shouldn't talk about 
umpires, mate, because we're not, I'm not sure if they actually like you and I after the uh, the Brownlow count last night. <laughs> oh, well, we may, we may as well move on to the Brownlow. Uh, yeah, we had a total of eight votes between us, which is uh, four each, which is nice. At least, we, at least we're still doing things the same together. <laughs> yeah, it was funny. We were texting each other before and um, before the count, and I was like, you're going to get way more than me because I just felt like I was not, I was nowhere near it. I didn't even get invited, mate. I was only there because I was a leader last night because we had a, a satellite, um, a satellite Brownlow. But yeah, yeah, I was, uh, yeah. I mean, obviously they don't like us, mate. We may, maybe need to get off the podcast and and uh, start just worrying about our footy. <laughs> maybe we do. Maybe before each game, we got to go up and hug the umpires and. Um, not that I was expecting anything, but there was a couple of games here and there. I was like, oh, it might be a chance here, but I didn't get absolutely nothing. So, <laughs> oh, well. Um, what about the actual count itself? Obviously, you were you were in the rooms with um, with Lockie and it would have been a unique situation for you. Um, you know, we were on the text, as you were saying, and, you know, watching Brownlows have, like, gone by, when players – the way I see it is when players seem to get votes in games where they're not necessarily – Tip to get votes. I always think, yeah, they're they're destined to win. And there was games earlier on in the year when you know it's fair to say Locke got some votes in that he wasn't probably tipped to get. And as soon as he was getting those, mm. I messaged you straight away. I reckon it was like round eight or nine, and I was like, I feel like Lockie's going to win this. Um, what were you thinking? What was the room like? What was everyone thinking? Come like you know round nine or ten when. You know, I feel like the expect there was not really much expectation on Lockie. Everyone was talking about Bont and Butters and Petrarca yeah. and Dacos. No one was really talking about Lockie. What was the room like, mate? It was it was funny because I was probably the only one in the room that was like, "He's going to win this," and I was talent. I was sitting next to him and his partner Jules, and Tipper was next to me, and then Joey was on it. Like there was others on our table. Fags was on our table. Ashy was on our table, um, and I remember, it's, yeah, I reckon round five, I was like, "He's going to win." You're gonna win lock. And he's like, no way. He's like, I'm no chance. I came into this night like not even thinking about winning, like I'm absolutely zero chance. And then all of a sudden he got a couple of votes that he wasn't even expecting himself. And it was like, wow. And then all of a sudden it was like, okay, he's he's chasing this down. And then all of a he was leading and then he was down by one. And um yeah, it was incredible. It was I don't know. There's a lot of topical conversations coming out of it, but I personally felt going into the night, I reckon I said it on the potty last week that, you know, for us to win 17 games of football, I think we won throughout the season. And in those games, he would have to be probably in the top five players on the ground, I reckon, for our team in most of them. So he's probably destined to get votes in those games because he's a proven vote getter. He's won a Brownlow before. And the umpires are just, you know, they're they're drawn to him. So um, I feel like that's a... It's a huge feather in his cap because he's he, he's done it all and um, playing some really good football in a in a good team. So that's a credit to Locke and we're all we're all so pumped for him and proud of him because and he knows himself that he couldn't do it without us. So he's been very grateful for the support that we've given him too. So um, I was wrapped for Locke and yeah, it's a nice way to start the week. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more with everything you just said. He's a thoroughly deserved winner winner and as you said there has been a bit of talk around um you know the results and the votes but you know i feel like that is what adds to the excitement of it is it it is very unpredictable and Mm. um you know there's been talk about potentially taking it away from umpires and this and that i don't think that would be an answer because i feel like 
that's what the excitement where it's come from. It's obviously been around for it was the ninety sixth Brownlow Medal last night. Um, I definitely feel like there could be areas where we can improve it a little bit. Um, I feel like, well, from apparently, the umpires don't get to see stats or anything post game. They don't see or you know whatever it is. I feel like you could probably get a little bit more out of it if they are, um, because yeah, the away from lock there was a few games where some players. I mean. How's Jason Horn Francis' game in round six when he's polled three three votes and he's had 13 disposals? I mean, it's not about disposals or anything, but, like, come on. Like, this is what I mean. Like, this is probably where it needs to improve a little bit. Yeah, I agree. And even the one Lockie against the Giants when Chuck kicked seven and mm. he got two and Lock got three. And, yeah, that's a, that, that's another example of – and he even said himself, he's like, man, I did not expect a vote there. So it's like mm. – the players actually know when they're a chance to get votes and when they're not a chance to get votes. And I feel like when you do get a vote and you're not expected to, it's a bit like, oh, okay, well, that's a bit random. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you – I don't think it's a f- like you can't really fix it because it's been part of the history for such a long time, the way that they do it. So Agreed, agreed. I don't know if there's a way if, if there's a way that you can make it more – I just feel like you got to show him the stats. Like you should just give him the stats and have a look, and and then put two and two together and be like, right, oh, he was good. He had this much intercept marks, or because I, I personally feel like it's a it is a midfielder's award. Like you don't oh, see any, is, you don't see any forwards or key backs in the in the top 15, 20 players. Like it's a it's pretty unfair in that regard. So if, if it was to change, I'd like it to be a bit more, you know, even across the board. I think. When you say it's definitely a midfielder's award, I couldn't agree more. Um, I wouldn't say it's not necessarily a forwards award. I don't like. Let me get this right. I don't think a forward would ever win it because they just don't get their votes. But I feel like a forward mid, rather than a mid forward, like not someone who spends most of the time as a midfielder and then goes forward. It's more who starts forward. So a guy like Toby Green and, um, yeah. yeah, do you know what I mean? So Toby polled twenty votes yesterday. I feel like. Because there's so many good backs out there that should be getting votes for the roles they play and what they do on the opposition key forward. And if the Brownlow is considered as the best player in the competition, I feel like, yeah, if there's a way where you can add votes in for defenders, and if that is by checking the stats with, you know, looking at intercept marks and whatever it may be, maybe that's the way we got to go about it. I mean, let me ask you, what's what do you hold higher like what would you be more not prouder but what is if you got to choose which award you won what would you choose would you choose the AFL coaches votes or the Brownlow medal yeah I, I personally I, I reckon I would probably respect I'm oh, not respect oh that's the wrong word I, I'd probably say the coaches votes because you you know that that's what the coaches would look at so they're looking at matchups they're like righto Harris Andrews is playing on Charlie Kerno this week. If he keeps him goalless and he has X Great. amount of touches himself or he um he has a massive role in our offense, then he should get three votes. Like that kind of thing uh, is probably way, the way you get others into it. Um, I'm talking backmen and forwards, obviously. But obviously, um, yeah, I, I personally feel like that's probably one that I'd yeah I'd go for the coaches' votes over the the way that the Brownlow votes are done. I definitely would too because, yeah, well, being there last night and, and seeing some of those, it was quite funny. I mean, all you can do is laugh. The players can't control what they control. Um, and for what it's worth, there was obviously 
disappointing for our table. Um, it's funny how you obviously mm. had the winner and we had the second place getter in, in mm. Bonte. Um, we're just talking off air. He's probably going to – right now, he's one of the greatest players to probably never have won a Brownlow. And um, he's been so close twice now. And um, when he pulled the three in the last game, we all thought, wow, we're actually a genuine chance to obviously win this. And we're all sitting there. And um, and then, oh, yeah, we there's a – you know when you go to the Brownlow and you see um, – uh, you've got like that spreadsheet in the middle of the table and it has like the 20 contenders. And we were all looking straight away at Lockie's game. It said, you know, he'd had 30 touches or whatever it was. And we were straight away, as soon as he didn't get the one or the two, we were like, yep, he's got the three. And then obviously pulled the three. So uh, for what it's worth, it was um, disappointing for our table. I felt uh, a lot of, um, you know, felt really, I wouldn't say sorry because Bont is a um, – you know, he's a gracious uh, second-place getter and um, obviously you can't discredit how good of a year he had, but um, it would have been cool to see Bonte. It would have been cool to see if they tied, but, yeah, it was uh, disappointing for Bonte. But all in all, um, you know, I feel like Lockie is a thorough, thoroughly deserved winner and um, as you touched on, there's been a lot of talk around it and I've read some stuff. It's it's just absolute rubbish. He's, um, he's you know, probably the best player in the best team or – most win team of a season. I mean, you know, a thoroughly deserved Brownlow medalist and, um, you know, no doubt uh, you're proud of him. So it was great to see him win. Just hopefully we can get a few more votes next year, you and I. Yeah, I know. Let's do it, man. Let's uh, let's get back to the, um, what do you call it? What do you call it? When you go back to the drawing board, let's get back to the drawing board and get up next year. <laughs> back to the drawing board. Um, oh, well, if there's no more footy stuff, mate, we may as well preview the big game this week. Have you got anything for me before we talk about the granny? Not really, mate. Just excited. Just um, it's been a an interesting start to the week, as we sort of touched on earlier. Like the we had an open session today, and um, it was I don't know probably two or three thousand out out of our footy club at um, Brighton Homes Arena, and uh, that was pretty cool to just have the fans there again. They were out last week, but probably a little bit more there today, being Grand Final week, and yeah, it was awesome just to be out in the sunshine and kicking the footies around and enjoying the time together that's the biggest thing i feel like we've been doing is you know this week it might not happen ever again so you've just got to make sure that you really embrace it and um enjoy the moment because uh yeah you never know when you'll be back there or if you'll ever get back there yeah yeah you're you're absolutely spot on with that um what does the week look like for you you said you obviously had your session today Uh, imagine you got tomorrow off and then yeah what what's the rest of main session thursday and go from there yeah yeah so tomorrow off which is wednesday and then main session Thursday morning uh, at the Gabba and then we head to, I think we got a bit of gym straight after and a couple of meetings and then we'll go straight to the airport, fly out at three o'clock and then um, get down to Melbourne and you're picking me up Thursday night, aren't you? We're going to go get a haircut together, go see Iran. Sure am. Going to Iran, mate. Maybe. He, uh, he, he'd he be devastated, mate, because Iran's a diehard Carlton fan and genuinely... 12 weeks ago, 13 weeks ago, he actually asked for grand final tickets because he felt like Carlton were going to make the granny. So, yeah, we'll go to there. We'll go there and watch you get a haircut. <laughs> Maybe we'll put the, the prelim final game on in the background, mate, if you're spewing. No, we'll, oh, uh, mate, yeah, we'll, we'll go out there for a haircut. We might might even get some dinner. What do you reckon? Are you going to have dinner before you pick me up or what? Oh, well, we're going to organize this right now, are we? We're going to talk on our potty about what we're doing. Yeah, all right. Yep, oh. we will. As long as you skip the grand final parade Friday and watch the NFL with me, because <laughs> fantasy is more important, especially considering we copped our first loss this week. Mate, 
the uh, do you reckon I'll be sitting in the back of the Ute with the NFL on, checking the uh, who's playing? Yeah, probably. Oh, more importantly, have you chosen who you sit next to on the parade yet? I don't think so. I don't think we've uh, been. Oh, they they asked us to come and tell them if we had anyone, but haven't done that yet. So I'll probably just get put with whoever it is. I don't mind, mate. All the boys are good. Maybe I should just come up there. Yeah, See come up, come one. up for a ride. We have open training at the G on Friday before the parade, so that'll be cool. It'll be awesome to get on the G and have a run around before the um the Saturday game, the grand final, and then go and get in the cars. We didn't get to do that together, did we? Because we were in Perth, so spewing. We would have been together. Yeah, we would have. Um, is that something you're obviously – because I, I remember when I experienced grand final week um, back in 2018, the whole week itself was unbelievable. I mean, you know, the fans coming out to watch a train and everyone's talking about it. But the grand final parade, the experience is, as you said, you, you might never, ever experience that ever again, and I haven't. Obviously, two twenty one, we didn't have a parade. Um, is that something you're really looking forward to? Oh, yeah, for sure. I remember 2016 – and being my first year, I was sort of a bit like, how good's this? But didn't really understand the enormity of it. And um, after being through what I've been through and my journey in 21 that we lost and not having a parade then, but to be back there and, yeah, going to experience that again is pretty awesome. So I'm just looking forward to embracing the energy and, and all that that comes with the parade and um, the build-up to the game. The weather is going to turn it on for you as well. I believe it's 28, 29 degrees Friday and Saturday. So the heat might actually be an advantage for you. I love that. That's awesome. It's been 30 here for about a week now. Yeah, so it's uh, it's perfectly aligned for you, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, what does the Friday night, what's the routine look like for you? Um, obviously, it's not just an old game. You're obviously playing in the biggest game of your life, or probably the second because you've won a grand final before. So... Yeah, what does Friday consist of? And then Saturday morning? I think Friday we've just got a normal routine. We'll have meetings and stuff Friday night. And then, um, yeah, it's pretty much up to us what we want to do. It's sort of our interstate trips to choose your own adventure because we have so many of them. I feel like we've got a good routine where we just come in and meet and um, get a bit of massage if you want it. And then pretty much the rest of the time is yours to prepare for, yeah, well, like you said, what is probably the biggest game of my life um, to date. and. I do think that personally, I feel like I've got a lot of, not a lot of responsibility, but I'm excited about the, you know, my evolution as a player and a leader, especially now um, at Brizzy Lions. I feel like I'm a huge part of that leadership cohort. And um, yeah, I feel like I'll put a big price on the way I perform on grand final day. And uh, hopefully that helps us get the win. So I'm really excited about the challenge, um, being on the biggest stage and uh, hopefully we can all embrace it and, and play the best footy we can. I hope so. Who's uh, who's coming? All of Yarram? <laughs> nah, I've only got. A, I think I've got fourteen tickets, mate. So uh, you're a part of that fourteen. Um, I am. And then just all all other family members. So like, yeah, mum and dad and Tipper and Lara and Kaiser and uh, aunties uncles and uncles and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So it'll be good. Oh, they all they all must be extremely excited. Hopefully, uh, it's a good day. Um, we'll touch on the game. Obviously. Uh, You've played Collingwood twice this year, played him at the Gabba and then played him at Marvel. Haven't played him at the G yet. Um, obviously, different stakes. Do you guys take much from those games? I mean, obviously, I, I always ask you this question when you've played a team before, and I probably know the answer, but as you know, it's a different stakes at, uh, that's you know going to be for the game. Do you guys take much 
from the game, from the games that you've played? Yeah, there's definitely little learnings that we, you know, had against them probably more recently, not the Gabba game, which was earlier in the year, round two, I think it was, or round four. No, it was round four because we played D's round two. Um, but yeah, we definitely take a little bit out of that that Marvel game because I felt like we probably let ourselves down a few times on how we moved the footy and what we did from stoppage and um, let them get on top in certain areas of the of the ground. So we looked a little bit at that today and sort of talked about you know things that we can do to hopefully nullify their strengths a little bit. So um, I'm not going to give away too many trade secrets, mate, but that's what we've been doing uh, today at the footy club and. Yeah, we we take full confidence out of, you know, the way that we've played against them this year already, but just out of, you know, our recent form and what we've been able to do across the last um, couple of months. And, uh, yeah, we look forward to getting down there and, and putting it or giving it our best shot. Will you specifically have any matchups? I, I know there's been talk here. They they asked Craig McRae, I think, and Nick Dacos about you. Um, it was in the paper here about potentially going to him and nullifying him, but... Is there anything like, you know, is there, are you expecting anything or is it just more just team? It always is team orientated, but, you know, is it more just a team uh, approach rather than an individual approach to start? So they're talking about me going to Dacos down there, are they? I read something the other day about, um, you know, what's going to happen. I think they were interview, interviewing Dakes. Um, and it just said, well, what are you going to do if, you know, Dunks comes to you? How are you going to nullify him, I guess, from stopping you? So, is yeah. My question is, is there anything? Is there? Do you have a plan or what, what's your plans? Uh, there's nothing yet. Um, we've looked at their midfield and last time we sort of took a bit of a collective approach to that. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, if Dacos, if Nick plays some good footy in the first couple of quarters, then it might be a thing that we go to. But, um, at the moment, I feel like it's more of a collective thing, similar to um, last time, because I felt like last time we we started really well and uh, put them on the back foot early. So that's something that we'll look to do again on Saturday. But um, whether there's any matchups for me or not, I, I reckon I'll find out over the course of the game because at the moment there's not really much there. I feel like if there is going to be a matchup, um, a good one for you would be Geordie. I feel like Jordan Degoe, that is, he uh, – you know he's built for finals, and his game on on Friday was probably the best game he's played to date, and he was quite dominant. And he's probably more obviously physically imposing than what Dakes is around the ball. So potentially could be a Geordie uh, Dunkley matchup for a little bit. Yeah, potentially. He, as you said, he's been playing some good footy. Um, the last the last game, was, especially, I felt like he was dominant against the Giants, and we've watched a bit of their vision and from that game and the one before against the D's and. The, the contrast in, you know, how the Ds sort of try to keep their midfield, you know, in and under and, and contested, whereas the Giants try to open it up and get it on the outside a little bit more. So gave guys like Geordie and, and Dacos and, and that, like, bit more free reign with their movement. So, um, yeah, we'll see what happens over the next couple of days. But um, no doubt across the game I'll probably have a couple of roles. Darcy Gardner came in, obviously, for you guys and played a great – I feel like he played a great game. Um, mm. it must be a terribly tough time for the coaching um, selection panel this week for obviously your team. And um, can you give us a bit of an update on how Payne's going and how his ankle's going and, you know, what's what's the plan? Yeah, Payne, uh, I think he trained today fully. So Thursday's his um, last, well, not last opportunity, but the, his, uh, his opportunity to, 
come out and give it a full crack and and show Fags and the coaches that he's ready to go essentially. And um, I think if he's able to do that, then he'll probably play. But as you said, Dizzy played Darcy Gardner played a um, call him Dizzy played a really good game in the prelim final. I thought he was huge, you know, along with Harris in that first quarter, he was big in in stopping them from scoring so much. So um, we were thankful as a midfield group for him being out there on the weekend because he they probably would have uh, scored a little bit more. But it'll be interesting. Um, like I said, it's up to the coaches and uh, what they want to do. But it's not only that. It's, a, you know, our sub, you know, what do we do with our mm. sub? Gunners is is fit and Richie firing. Too. And JL's yep. been – Richie's in the mix. Like there's so many guys that um, are ready to go. And, and I think JL's been a really good sub for us too when he's come on. So – uh, so many guys have put their hand up for selection and the VFL having a good year like they did is sort of helps with that and helps our group, you know, continue to be driven and wanting to play your best footy um, in the AFL team because if you don't, then sure enough, you'll be um, someone else. You'll make way for someone else I mean, to come in and play their role. So uh, it's been a healthy competition all year. Yep, and no doubt it's going to be a couple of hard luck stories. So I feel for those players and we'll find out obviously as it gets closer. But as well, for what it's worth, Taylor Adams got ruled out today, which is absolutely dev- yep. devastating for Tay. And knowing him personally, I um have played many years with Tay back from junior footy, and um I know what a great man and a great teammate he is, and he'll be there supporting the boys. But yeah, just wanted to uh, give him a bit of love because I uh yeah feel feel terrible for him because um you know he's such a proud Collingwood man and he stands up in big games, so it's a big. Uh, it's a big win for you guys not having to deal with Tay out there because he's um played some really big games and some and big performances. Um, that's it for me. Question wise for the for the granny, is there anything else footy wise that you uh, want to talk about? Not really. There's not there's actually. There's one thing that I, I've seen actually in the last hour or so. Did you see Callum Mills? Have you seen that story? Um, I've read something about an injury. What? Yeah, he hurt himself, didn't he? Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah. So he's hurt himself, and he's in doubt for the round one next year because he's he was wrestling at Mad Monday. What are your thoughts on that? Oh, what? <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah. Wrestling <laughs> oh, Mad Monday. Wow. Oh, I don't, I don't know. What are my thoughts? What's my initial thoughts? Probably shouldn't be wrestling, but I mean, I feel like it's just a little bit unlucky. Oh, mate. I, I personally think it's that's what we do. It's what everyone does. You know, you <laughs> so have do Mad I. Monday. You got to let the guy live. So. I don't think there should be any hard luck stories or oh, anything to no. go by that. So what's he? What does it say he's actually done? Oh, he's got to get shoulder surgery. So he's out for oh, 16, no. 16 weeks or whatever it is. So oh, 16 weeks? That's not – well, mate, you've had shoulders. So no, that's not that – poor bloke. That's terrible. That's terrible yeah. news. I had no idea. You just, you've shocked me there. We've got – um, we actually haven't had our group Mad Monday because we had our VFL boys playing – um, you know, well in, well into the finals. So we're actually getting together, I think, maybe in the next couple of weeks. So I'll make sure there'll be no wrestling going on because um yeah, from the <laughs> it, that's not good. But um yeah, well, there you go. But I did want to say, um before uh before we move on from footy for the last time of the uh of the podcast and the year, we're all wishing you all the very best, mate. Everyone here at the uh Oz American Aces that have listened to us. I had an appearance today. I've done a few things this week, and the amount of people that have told me that they love our podcast, done the A sign, chuck the A sign up. Um, I had someone today 
throwing the A-sign up. They're saying, uh, when you get a chance, make sure you give us a shout-out and wish um, Joshy all the best from us and all his fans. So we're all so proud of you, mate. We are, as you said, I love doing this podcast. I love that people uh, listen into us. But, you know, these people follow our journeys and um, I'm just extremely proud of you. I'm, I'm very happy that one of us is in a grand final. I wish it was both of us, but I'm glad that you're representing our podcast and everyone at the Oz American Aces <laughs> and um, we all wish you the very best and hopefully, yeah, hopefully there's a medallion come the end of it. Thanks, mate. I appreciate it. And to all our supporters too for supporting not only myself but us throughout the year and, um, yeah, hopefully we can get one more win on the board and um, bring home the cup. It'd be awesome. Fingers crossed. Um, it'd be rude not to finish uh, our very last podcast on NFL Talk. Uh, as I said, I'm – I'm very. It's been a great week so far, but I'm a little bit flat that we lost. Uh, for people who obviously yeah. tune into the Oz American Aces um, NFL uh, fantasy comp that we're in, Dunks and I are obviously a team. We're two and zero. Oh. We lost our first game today due to Devontae Adams going off and two two Atwell. What two two Atwell? Come on. Yeah, I got your text when I got off the track because I wasn't watching it, and um, I was like, oh no. So I've quickly gone onto my sleeper app. And, mate, not only that league, but I got done in another league too that I was like 90% going to win at the what start of the day. You? And Can you tell me what players cost you? Oh, I'll tell I you what players know. cost me. Because for what it's worth, our fans that play NFL Fantasy, we there was a breakout player for the weekend. His name's Dev, uh, Devon Achain. He's the running back for Miami Dolphins. Akane. Akane. They just scored 70 points and he'd run in for four touchdowns and we started him on the bench. So. Bench points don't score, which is disappointing. So today, this is what I had. So I had, um, I had. A, it was against uh, Jasper Fletcher. So mm-hmm. I had Williams, Kyron Williams, playing at running oh, back. Played terrible. And then I had T Higgins, bro. He has been <laughs> probably my biggest disappointment all year. But you I know what? You know what annoys me so much? What? Yeah. But I've had him every year, and he's done the same thing. He always starts bad, and then as soon as like playoffs and all that start to feature, he comes good. Him and Joe Burrow, they just start building this chemistry again and throwing the ball. I think it's uh, I think it's the Bengals. It's the Bengals' offense. They just don't look good at the moment. Very, very frustrating. They'll come good. I bet you. Well, at the end of the day, the only real important league for us is the Big Oz American Aces League that uh, we both want to win. Yep. But it's funny because I go real early. When I messaged you, it was the start of the game. You got my message. But Tutu Atwell ran in for a 22-yard touchdown, and that's when I messaged you. Mm. And I was like, oh, no, we've lost. And then he was considered stepping out. So we were still in it, but, mate, it was an absolute shit show. So disappointed we lost. But hopefully when we uh, episode one, season two next year on uh, – or maybe we do a one-off fantasy uh, – episode, whatever it may be, hopefully next year when we do do it, we can be the champions. That'd be awesome. I'd love that. I think we, so we've lost by four today and the other boys, yeah, they were wrapped. They were texting us on the group chat. They were pumped, those fellas. Yeah, yeah, they're happy that, we're, they're happy that we lost because I think I think um, our opposition is a little bit scared about our team because- Yeah, we're paper, still second on the ladder. Hard. You know that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but who, who's top? I think it's Boyd, Boyd Cordner's top and his team is flying. Yeah, he's got 120 more points than us already this year. Mate, he beat a team on the weekend that scored 150 points. And for what it's worth, we lost to a team that scored 130. So 
it shows mm. how uh, how well he's going. But um, we're getting uh, a bit sidetracked here with the NFL. Uh, I reckon that's it for us for the the grand final I think episode. It is. It is, mate. Grand it's final episode. A, an absolute, absolute pleasure, as we've said already. And we want to thank our supporters and everyone that's supported us throughout the throughout the year. And um, yeah, we've loved doing it, as as you mentioned. But hey, have you got a shout out for the the jersey that you're wearing? Actually, before oh, we yes, wrap I it do. up, NFL NFL Australia sent it out. They send yours out. They sent mine. I'm, I just don't have it on, but. Um, so I'll quickly sick. take my headphones. It's got our names take, on the back. Yeah, I'll take my headphones off so I don't spill it and I'll show you. Can you see Yeah, that? so it's actually got – oh, you've got ads on – yep, yep. He's got ads on the back with a zero one for those that aren't uh, watching. Uh, so yes. we've both got – I've got number five on the back of mine and it says Dunkley, so that's sick. And your, what what team did you go with? I went San for Fran? the 49ers because I'm riding them this year. I knew you were a San Fran fan, but no, thank you, NFL Australia. They sent it out to us, and I actually did my power rankings on NFL Australia uh, Instagram last week, and I copped a bit of hate for it. It's so funny because you can never do anything right, can you? Like, nah, there's just never, never, never anything right. People were laughing at me for some of the play. I, I seen a comment saying, oh, uh, like three laughing face, faces, leave it to the professionals. So then I went and looked at the, ble- <laughs> I, I went and looked at the Bleacher Report power rankings, the top six was the exact same as mine, and you could throw a blanket over seven, eight, nine, and ten on who you could put there. So I was like, "What did I do wrong?" Anyway, anyway, so what you did do good. is you you, you moz the Dallas Cowboys. They were pretty average on the weekend. Oh, they were bad. Oh, they were bad. Well, who would you have as your one? Would you have um, San Fran, or would you have the Dolphins yep. after they dropped seventy? Oh, this week probably Dolphins. San Fran too. Yeah, it's going to be one of those neck and neck seasons. I think they're they're the only two teams that are still undefeated, which is only three games. But um, mm. they're playing some irresistible, uh, irresistible NFL. Um, forgot actually. Is there we get we've got a giveaway as well, don't we? We do. We're going to give away. Yeah, so we're going to do a jumper giveaway. So to our fans for supporting us well, this year, we're going to sign. We're going to get a couple of jumpers signed by myself and Adzi, um, our respective teams, and. And, yeah, we'll make sure that uh, we speak to Tommy and he's going to do a massive giveaway, I think, in the next week. So stay tuned to all the channels, the social media channels and um, the Oz American Aces uh, platform and you'll see how to enter and hopefully be in the running to win one of our jumpers. So um, that's a bit of a thank you to our supporters for supporting us all year and uh, we want to give back as much as we can. So that's a, a little give back for us and because um, we didn't end up, end up getting the 1,000 five-star rating. So... We need to still get that too, so we can do a bigger, bigger. We will, we will get that. And remember, for for our fans listening, Brisbane Lions signed jumper could be worth quite a bit if uh, if they go and win the grand <laughs> final as well. So, if I was you, I'd be uh, trying to win that. But um, that's a wrap, mate. Well, uh, well done for the year again. As I said, um, you know, thanks to for all our listeners. As you said, uh, we we love doing this, but yeah, we're all so proud of you, mate. We hope you uh, go out there and win. Um, Everyone will be following you. We'll be cheering you on. Uh, I'll have a uh, little Brisbane Lions jumper underneath my uh, underneath my T-shirt that I'll be wearing at the game, um, sitting in a Collingwood <laughs> crowd, which I haven't sat in a Collingwood crowd before. So, um, I um, yeah, we're all proud of you, mate, and uh, all the very best. Thanks to everyone for listening to us and supporting us throughout the year. We've loved doing this. We can't wait to do it again, hopefully next season and for years beyond that. And um, Yeah, go Lions for the week. Thanks, mate. Let's go.